0: The retro buzz starts right after this.
1: Hey, guys, it's Friday, and you know what time it is. It's time for the Retro Buzz, and we've got a stellar show for you today. But first, we have a big problem on our hands. Yes, Mr. Planamento is back with us, but he is trapped inside of an Amiga. How in the world did that happen?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy and her henchmen. I I mean. They told me that they went back in the day, and they literally, they're the ones who killed Commodore, and they shoved me in here. But I'm happy, though, because we have a guest on today that I'm very happy to be inside Amiga 4. So it works out.
1: That's right. Before we get to him, we also have Mr. Douglas Smith. I actually thought we'd all be wearing our IR I, I was hopeful. I seen you had oh. the black shirt, but then I noticed I said miss the, miss the, the ultimate warrior.
3: Yeah, got to rep WrestleMania. The career
1: ending match. WrestleMania Always 7. That, Always has to be
2: different, that dog. Always has to be different.
3: This <laughs> is what I do. It's what I do. <laughs>
1: We also have with us, we've got joining us all the way over the pond. We've got Mr. Dan Wood from theretrohour.com. Welcome, sir.
4: Hey, thank you very Dan much Wood, for having me for coming on the Retro Bus Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jingle and all. Amazing.
1: <laughs> you can't, can't miss that,
4: right? So, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. It's um, pretty late over here in the UK, 11 p.m. on a Friday evening. But, you know, I know you guys are worth staying up for oh well thank you thank you that's awesome we appreciate it he hasn't seen our show that's cool i like that
1: (laughs) that's what i I said to him he says he says yeah i've watched a couple episodes i said i'm sorry to hear that
3: (laughs) (laughs) how unfortunate
1: so we we're we're really interested because dan has a wealth of knowledge not only in the amiga side of things but dan why don't you talk to us a little bit about the retro hour what what do you guys i mean obviously you talk about retro but what what's the focus what do you guys what do you guys do
4: Well, we started a podcast about, it'll be about five years ago, coming up soon, Um, and we are a weekly retro gaming podcast, and we had this um, idea back in late 2015 of doing a podcast, and why don't we do it every week and have a guest on every single week? That'll be an easy thing to do. Um, Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Uh, (laughs) However, you know, the show's actually been much, much bigger success than we ever dreamed it would be, actually, and we've uh, had people on there like Nolan Bushnell, Al Nilsson, tom kalinsky you know some of our childhood heroes so essentially the idea behind the show was that you know there's a lot of retro gaming podcasts out there but we wanted to do a show where we essentially get to explore the companies and the games and the people that were behind them that we grew up playing as kids and kind of get the stories because you know before the internet the only way that we find out about video games was by reading stories in magazines and often you didn't know whether it was true or not so a lot of our interviews are Actually asking people, you know, these stories that we heard when we were kids, was this actually true? Did this really happen? And actually getting the story from you know, the horse's mouth, as it were, is, you know, just something that we love doing every week. And, yeah, like I said, I think we're on about episode number 240 or something now. So, yeah, we're doing a long oh, time wow. every week.
1: Yeah, we're only at episode number 35. We got, we got, guys, we got a ways to go here to catch up. Long road yeah. to hope. That's, <laughs> That's
2: why we guys have Dan. Dan. Home, right? Dan's the man, the legend.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did you get into this whole Amiga thing? You know, Doug and I have sat through many, many episodes of this Amiga. <laughs> Believe it or not, Glenn, you'll be you'll be proud. I actually went looking last week for an a- actual original Amiga because I'm like, I gotta be able to find one, like at a yard sale, at a garage sale, or even online. Uh, but then they were like three, four
2: hundred dollars, and I was a like, a lot of money. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm not doing cool. that no nope, not having it
2: they're getting up there again they're getting up but uh dan take it away my friend
4: yeah well, i mean i've kind of got a background with computers my parents both worked in computers my mom was a mainframe oper- mainframe operator back in the late 70s and uh, my dad was a electronic engineer so essentially he'd build the machines and she programmed them so i kind of grew up with you know you could say computers in my dna uh, but i remember you know being a kid goldilocks and the Three Bears. My mum used to read me uh, computer manuals on her (laughs) knee. Programming in like, you know, uh, fruit machine simulators on the Commodore and things like that. And um, I I got a Commodore Plus 4 when I was about five years old for Christmas. And I don't know if you, um, if Len, you remember the Plus 4
2: i do i'm sorry i'm sorry to hear you got that gift my friend yeah uh, it,
4: it wasn't uh, the commodore 64 is obviously an infamous machine the plus four was a machine they were hoping would kind of replace it but it never did it was an awful machine i think my parents got it for about 25 pounds here in britain yeah um, they in, butch- in the, like, it was a portrait machine yeah but i, I loved it because it was my first computer and actually before that i wanted a computer that badly and i don't know whether i should admit this or not i'd actually build computers like fake ones out of like shoe boxes and, you know, put little bits of tape on to pretend I had a keyboard, you know, I wanted a computer that badly. So when I opened it on Christmas morning, when I was like five, six years old, it was like a dream come true. So that's kind of where I got started with computers. And then obviously, you know, Glenn, you remember as well, you know, the Amiga was like,
5: uh, it was at like the scholarship enterprise of computers. It was like, you know,
4: every yeah. kid look at that. It was a dream machine. And I remember looking at it in um, magazines and uh, seeing it on television. And I actually wanted a Commodore 64 because a lot of my friends had that. And my plus four, obviously, like I said, wasn't a great machine. And it was Christmas 1991. I remember nagging my parents, you know, can I have a Commodore 64 for Christmas so I can, you know, trade games with the other kids at school? And I remember my, mo- my mother on uh, Christmas Eve 1991 saying to me, unfortunately, Santa's not going to be bringing you a Commodore 64 this year. And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe they can't afford it. Christmas Day morning, mm-hmm. I right, unwrapped an Amiga five hundred. So uh, nice, right? A nice
2: surprise. <laughs> very cool. And the you know the Amiga, the Atari ST, obviously the Spectrum. Those were the machines in, in the UK and Europe. They were very very big over there. They didn't really care about IBM compatibility at the time. It was more about cost, space, and performance. Right?
4: That's what you guys were looking for. Yeah, because I mean, you know, even when we do our podcast as well, it kind of seems like obviously a lot of the the history. That people learn about these days from computers and gaming in general really comes from YouTube, and you know a lot of the big YouTube channels, for example, you know AVGN and you know channels like that, they kind of cover it really well from the American perspective. But over here in the UK, you know even stuff like the NES, you know obviously it was a big system, but every kid that I knew at school had home computers. They didn't have master right. systems. They didn't have NESs. They had Spectrums and Commodore 64s and Amstrad machines. That was kind of the main things that you know, people had. And after that, like you said, it was Amiga and Atari SD. It was really only around probably 92, 93. I remember kids at school getting like Mega Drives or Genesis, you know, as you call it over there, and their Super Nintendo. So really, we were a bit more grounded in computers and consoles here. And, you know, the main format that we bought games on in the 8-bit days was cassette tape.
2: And you didn't mind those load times; it was fine. You guys were fine with that. Now, actually, I'm assuming also is because, like you said, you were able to go to school and kind of share the games.
4: Yeah. Well, when I found my mother's um, <laughs> tape-to-tape recorder could uh, share games with my friends, that that was a glorious day.
2: <laughs> are you?
1: Are you now, promoting you piracy, your... to, Glenn? Are you promoting piracy? No, no he's promoting I'm, sharing.
2: I'm, I'm promoting backup, backup, oh, and, back- and sharing. <laughs> oh, okay. You know. Ah, right. is right. Right. <laughs> if someone is owns caring. the game,
4: it's no piracy, yeah? Right.
2: <laughs> now the uh you know the Atari had a pretty good foothold uh in the UK for a long time. You know, they had the ST line, they obviously had, you know, the, the Atari Jaguar, I'm a fan of that. I know you have one as well. Yeah. But they did start losing steam. What do you think caused Atari to kind of lose his steam to, to the Commodore Amiga at that point?
4: Well, I think, you know, the, the Atari ST came out before the Amiga and it was actually cheaper over here. I think it was probably the case in the U.S. as well. And um, you could buy an Amiga 500 for about £399 here. But you could buy an Atari ST 520 for, I think, about 299 at the same time. So they were, you know, about £100 cheaper, which obviously, you know, to a lot of families was a big deal. But I think it was just the fact that the Amiga was, when people saw how superior the games were on the Amiga, and how you know the, the audio in particular is always one thing that I look at the Amiga you know, compared to the SD, which is bizarre because a lot of people think of the SD as a musician's machine, because they had that onboard right. MIDI. And, right. uh, but really, I mean, apart from the MIDI ports, the actual inbuilt audio on the SD, I think it was actually the same sound chip that was on the Sinclair Spectrum. It was an 8-bit was machine. It was a
2: Yamaha. It was like a yeah, Yamaha it was, chip, I think.
4: Wasn't it? I mean essentially the SD was an, an off the shelf you know, machine. It was a CPU on a stick, essentially. Whereas the Amiga right. had all of those cool custom chips that could, you know, make the game sing and dance. So I think when people saw that, they realized that it was actually worth paying a bit more for, I think.
2: So was was the was the Spectrum more than any other console, like the most popular out there?
4: Well, I mean, you know, like I said, it's hard from that pre-internet era, you kind of only knew what was happening in your local area or what you'd read in magazines. But really it was the, the spectrum and the Commodore 64 the two machines I remember all of my friends having when I was a kid. I think I the Commodore kind of edged out the spectrum a little bit, but obviously it was a very popular home computer as well.
2: And how do you feel like the, I guess the gaming, obviously not in the States, but how do you feel that the like the retro gaming uh, is progressing over in the UK?
4: Well, now it seems, uh, I don't know if you guys understand as well, I mean, obviously I might doing this show it kind of seems like there's been a bit of a resurgence in the interest in retro in i'd say probably the last five years i've really noticed it i mean when i saw you know the commodore 64 mini got released a couple of years ago with had like the nes mini and uh, the mega drive mini when my mother called me and she was doing some christmas shopping and she went into game that's like our big high street video game retailer over here she actually called me up about two years ago and she said you know that thing that we have had in the house as kids uh, the, the commodore they're selling that again did you know that I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd do a podcast about this kind of thing, brother. but you know, <laughs> the fact that my mother had actually realized it by walking into a store in town. Thanks for listening, that. mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what I did, and that's when I realized Wait, did,
2: it had gone did really you mainstream. Did you just that yesterday, mom, for five <laughs> years? <laughs>
4: <laughs> but then I'm like, yeah, this has gone really mainstream if you know people are seeing it and just walking down the high street or the shopping malls and seeing this kind of stuff.
1: No, um, one, one of our commenters, Ashley Kingdom, she was saying before that uh, about Spectrums, uh, she said that they were, uh, they were crap, but they were really cheap in the UK.
4: Everybody yeah. had them. I think it's kind of the same as the Atari ST. They were the affordable machine. And you better remember the 80s in the UK, it wasn't a time when a lot of families were flush with money. And, you know, a lot of working class families, they had to get what they could afford. And these machines were built to be affordable. So mean you think back, like, you know, less than a decade before that, trying to get a computer at home, it was thousands of thousands of pounds. You know, when this first generation of eight-bit home computers came along that were finally affordable for families to have in their living room, even if they didn't really know why they wanted one, you know, the kids might want to play games on it. But I think that, over here in the UK, we had a thing called the um, it was the Computer Literacy Project. So essentially the BBC and you know, the British Broadcasting right. Corporation had a, a bit of a project to essentially educate kids in Britain on computers. So that's where we got the BBC microcomputer with Acorn.
2: Which was a nice and, machine. I mean, it, it was a nice oh, machine, that BBC micro.
4: Beautiful. And that was, you know, actually the first computer that I used. Because at my school, we had, uh, we had, I think, four of those were at my school. And again, you know, being the kid that really wanted a computer, I said to my teacher, you know, can, can I um, can I help set the machines up in the morning? So I became, uh, you know, the computer monitor at school. You know, I, I was a cool <laughs> kid at school. Every morning i get in and, uh, you know, we, we had a big iron safe that we keep it locked up overnight because it was that valuable. But we have a big Allen key and open it up and take they, them out. And set they them only
1: up. had four? Glenn probably has more than that in his storage facility there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we had four in the, entire school. the BBC, I wish. The BBC Micro, I would really like to get one. I mean, they're really a nice machine, but wait, 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 wait. You don't have one? No. Oh, everybody. Actually, I not have a Spectrum no? either. I've been looking. I'm on the Prowl. I don't have a Spectrum either. Take um, a screenshot machines, folks. That I would like
1: to get. Take a screenshot. Remember this date. Glenn Planamento does not have <laughs> either of those.
4: Now, Glenn, you're the same <sighs> as me. I haven't got a BBC micro. I've got an Akon Electron that was kind of the, the oh, cut down nice. version. Yeah, and I, yeah. I got that I think for yeah, free. My, my auntie gave me it about twenty years ago, probably. Nice little machine, but yeah, I'd love to have a BBC micro because again it was a machine I used at school. I will wonder.
2: No, it's funny though. On those, on these, even the Spectrum, um, the games were primitive-looking. Like maybe they have one color or two or three colors, but they still did an amazing job programming those machines. And a lot of uh, companies, too, like the Bit Brothers. You know, a lot of people are still around today that started back from that Spectrum era of the very basic machines you guys had over there.
4: Yeah, we kind of had. It was. I don't know if you've ever seen there's a couple of documentaries on YouTube that are worth a watch. And um, one of them is actually about a company called Imagine Software. And they were one of Britain's kind of first big video games companies. Um, and then the BBC went along to film them and kind of document this emerging new industry. And they had what they called these, you know, the computer whiz kids who were generally teenagers who would make video games in their bedrooms at home. And they'd become millionaires overnight. And there's all these stories about, you know, 15, 16 year old, 15, 16 year old kids buying like Ferraris but they were too young to drive them so they would leave them on the drive for a year you know or in the garage or something <laughs> so the BBC went along it was a, a program called commercial breaks they're going to check it out on YouTube they went along to film what happened day to day in this new video games company that was you know making millions and millions of pounds and they went bankrupt during the, the process of this documentary so it was a real snapshot into this kind of this industry that just kind of came out of nowhere and everyone thought it was going to make them multi-millionaires a lot of them just, you know, wasted the money on, you know, ridiculous things, sports cars, jets and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was a time when yeah, a lot of people learned a lesson, I think, in business who uh, probably shouldn't have been in it in the first place.
2: Yep. I mean, those early games, like uh, Chuck the Chuck Wagon game for the Atari 2600, you know, or yeah. Dawn Dishwashing Soap, the game for the Atari 2600. <laughs> you can't just throw every, anything at it and expect, to, you know, to make money.
4: But well, they, I know you guys tried. over there had the, had the North American video game crash, didn't you, in 1983? Right. Which is not right. something we had over here, but it was kind of on a smaller scale. I guess it kind of happened in regards to you know software now, companies thinking they can make sell anything. When that did happen here in the states, you know
2: everything got super cheap. I mean, if you had the money, you could buy you know five or six game cards just for like three bucks. Did
4: that tr-
2: cost translate overseas to you guys over there? When it crashed here, did you get stuff cheaper there because of it?
4: Well, over here, I mean, budget games around that era were really the best sellers. Um, Because I remember there was a company called Mastertronic. I don't know if you've heard of them before. They were bought by Virgin Uh in the early 90s. And they were the games I'd I'd always buy. And they had a range called the 199 range. So they sell video games for £1.99. So you could buy that with your allowance or your pocket money. On a weekend, you know, you you drive your your bike down to the local store with your friends. When you're seven, eight years old, you pick up a 199 game on a weekend. And that would be the only video game you played for a week but really they were the big sellers Back in the 8-bit era. Games really didn't, didn't cost more than about 10 pounds. So when that did happen,
2: you, you said uh, before Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo started kicking off, obviously that was a big shift in cost because those cartridges, you, you weren't sharing or making you know, backups or you know, loaner copies of. So <laughs> what, what got you guys to transition to that? Because obviously you guys were pretty well fine with the low cost games you were getting and the machines, so was it really the graphics? Was it really just that that brought you guys to say, listen, I'm gonna pay sixty bucks in a game where I could have spent a dollar ninety-nine
4: before? Well, I think, you know, even like you said, you know, the, on the Amiga, I, I was doing um a talk at a show in Amsterdam, an Amiga event out there. I think it was the Amiga's thirtieth anniversary back in twenty fifteen. And I went on stage, I did a little talk about, you know, my history with the Amiga and my experiences. I showed a video in the background and there was a program on the Amiga called Xcopy. Which I'm sure none of us
5: have <laughs> seen. That.
4: that was essentially the game copying tool. And that was the only program I showed on the screen where everyone gave a round of applause in the audience. So obviously it was a very widespread tool. <laughs> I remember kids at my school that have X copy parties. After school, we'd go to someone's house and some, we'd all copy games on the Amiga. But like you said, when consoles came along, you couldn't do that. So I think the big thing, I remember a lot of my friends that had consoles at the time did. Was renting video games, you know, uh, Blockbuster and uh, Ritz Video is another big one over here as well. So you know, apart from like birthdays and Christmas, really rentals was probably the main way that a lot of kids kind of got to play games. There, I remember one kid at school who was a uh, he had a, an uncle who sent him like a, a cartridge to a floppy disk backup solution for the Mega Drive. That it might be the Mega Drive or Super Nintendo, um, but that was the only time I ever saw anything like that.
2: And that wasn't cheap either. Those were those were quite expensive.
4: Yeah, and essentially it would dump the cartridge onto a floppy disk. So, uh, yeah, but he was the only kid with those. We yeah, I think rentals were the main thing that I remember people doing. It's like you said, I mean, going from essentially getting your video games for free or the price of a floppy disk to paying like, you know, 60 pounds. They were essentially pounds a dollar, really, and you know, we pay 60 pounds for a video game over here on, on cartridges. But
2: nowadays, have you been collecting, you mentioned before, the minis, like the Sega Genesis Mini, the NES Mini. Have you Have you been collecting those?
4: You know what, I look at them whenever I go into the store and I see them. They look cool, but I've got the originals and I've got um, Everdrives for all my systems. So I haven't got those, but Joe that I do my podcast with, he collects all of them. He's like our, uh, you know, resident Sega fan, and he's got them all in boxes on the shelf. And I don't think he even plays them. He just gets them to display and look nice on the shelf. But I do think it's cool that they're out there again, because I think, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, and um, we've had kind of, you know, debates about whether they're kind of aimed at us or not, and I don't think they are. I think those systems are really aimed at, you know, someone who probably had a Genesis or a Super Nintendo 25, 30 years ago, and they might walk into, like, Walmart or Asda over here, see one on the shelf and think, I wouldn't mind reliving that experience again. I don't think they're aimed at people like us who probably got the original system with flashcards and HDMI mods and that kind of
5: thing.
2: Yeah, no, I I I wouldn't, me, I got the original, I don't need to buy five or six of the other ones. (laughs) Yep.
4: I Wait, what? Yeah. No,
3: it's definitely that impulse buy for those people that are looking to get that quick fix of nostalgia, you know, just that quick adrenaline rush back into their veins of, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog or, you know, Super Mario World, things like that, as opposed to going out and truly investing both the time and the money of buying the original cartridges, the original consoles, and making sure everything's working and that kind of thing.
4: You know, one thing that I find with those systems, though, that really puzzles me it's why didn't they put a cheap Wi-Fi chip on there and maybe an SD card slot and then have like a store connected to them so you could buy a load of other old games.
3: Yeah, you would think Nintendo of all people would have done it because they're the, you know, the champions of selling yeah. us the same game for 25 years <laughs> and we fall for it every time. I bought Legend of Zelda probably six times at this point on every single console I can think of, And I'll do it again. But did you get the 3D version? <laughs> of course. Of course.
1: We all had to get yeah. the 3D version.
3: <laughs> and I'll get the remastered 3D version, you know? It's yeah. just like Star Wars, Yeah, you know, they. Polish it, you know, put a new label on it. I'll, I'll be a sucker. I'll buy it every
2: time. So it's such a shame that 82 was the last year for Star Wars. I would like to have seen some new movies.
1: So I, I wanted to do something on this show, and I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I know Glenn. He likes to cheat. So <laughs> later on, we're going to see what these guys, they, they come on here. Glenn acts like he knows everything. We're going to see if Done. Glenn knows everything later. That's a warning. Uh-oh. That's a warning. Uh-oh. We're going to see. We're going to we're gonna test his medal against Dan Wood.
3: This should be good. I like, I this, like is, this. Yes.
1: I like it this is going to be Glenn versus Dan in a retro I trivia.
2: That we can, got, no, 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 you? no. You're I'm not getting just, out of this one. I don't know.
1: Because I knew what was going to happen. Not <laughs> Dan, Dan's not going to let you win either. So you better <laughs> get your even, questions even, in now. It?
4: We, we do a video game quiz in our podcast every year. I host it because my knowledge is so bad. <laughs> is. I tell you, it's educational. you be every honored. Time,
1: That's right. I so will be honored to lose to Dan.
2: So this honored. will be
1: this will be fun. <laughs> we'll be able to do this a little bit after. We wanted to you know change things up a little bit, try something. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut to this clip real quick. Um, what we're gonna do is called a retro pickup. So basically, what this is gonna entail every week, myself, Doug, or or Glenn is gonna come up with a one minute to one and a half minute video of a retro pickup that they did this week. And we'll throw it together and put it together and show you guys. This was something that I picked up this week, which I I thought was kind of a steal. And uh, we'll show you what it is. This is a new episodic weekly segment called Retro Pickup, where we can showcase some of the best or what we deem the best retro pickup for ourselves this week. I managed to pick this up, complete in box, for $15 this week. To me, that's a steal for one of the classics, The Adventures of Bayou Billy. Billy West, otherwise known as Bayou Billy, is a crocodile Dundee-like survivalist, vigilante, and former US soldier from New Orleans, who has fought against a local crime boss, known as Godfather Gordon. In retaliation for interfering with his smuggling operations, Gordon kidnaps Billy's girlfriend Annabelle Lane in order to lure Billy into the final battle. Billy's quest to save Annabelle consists of nine stages and takes him from the Swamplands to Bourbon Street as he battles Gordon's henchmen and eventually arrives at Gordon's estate to come face to face with the big boss himself. So we've seen Glenn's alter ego there in that in that pickup, but I, I I seriously guys, I thought fifteen bucks is a steal for that in the box. Like, I mean, I've gone Absolutely. to toy shows and they want like twenty five to thirty bucks for that.
3: Yeah, and Bayou Billy is kind of a, a neat game because it it's got a little bit of everything in it. You got some you know side scrolling beat 'em up action. You got some racing like car levels. You got some interesting graphics where like knives are flying at the screen. Um, obviously, it was the off road. Of yeah, a, a little bit of off road. Uh, a little bit of a Really a all that was
2: crop. in that game? I just I just yeah. saw the girl in the bikini. That's what I saw yeah. in that whole <laughs> thing. It's not a
3: bikini. It's a crop top. Get it's it a right. crop top.
2: Yeah, get it right. Daisy yeah. Duke, the Daisy Duke look.
3: But obviously uh it's i uh, I don't know if it's fair to call it a rip-off of Crocodile Dundee, but uh you just look at that box art and you're like, wow, this is uh strikingly similar.
2: Do you remember the TV commercial for that? Did you ever see the TV commercial for that? I think I seen I it remember.
1: when I was younger. Yes.
2: Basically, it's a guy. He's sitting. He's like laying down, and you just see this. You you don't see. You kind of see on the side. On the side, you just you kind of see that. <laughs> like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then he's like, he's like churning butter or something like that. But he's just sitting there going like, "Yeah, I'm having a great time over here. I'm having a blast." And uh, he's yeah. churning butter.
3: This was an American commercial.
2: This was America. Look it up. Yeah, man.
1: Wow. Yep. I don't remember that then. I yep. remember there was yeah. one where they showed an actual real person going through like Crocodile Dundee Dundee mm-hmm. going through it. Um and then they cut to that and then they come back. So but this is something wow. we want to do. Where Listen,
3: gore on that commercial, huh? I,
1: I what here's what I was thinking too. I want to open up to you guys, the audience, the community. Send in a a, a one minute video. Dan, this includes you too. Send about in a it. 1 minute video of your greatest retro pickup. I don't care if it's a Amiga game, I don't care what it is that you found like you got the steal well, I'm of the deal. It'd be an Amiga
2: game. What are you talking about?
1: Come on. I'm just saying whatever you guys find that you found that's a steal, send it in. We'll showcase it on the show. Your big pickup and tell a little bit about it so people get some, you know, history kind of like what I did on on that just about you know, if it's a game, explain the game a little bit. Um I think it'd be interesting because Dan, you said earlier that um, you don't really have, uh, you know, some of these shops that we have over here where you can go like, uh, you you know, the Salvation Army and and, and Goodwill type stores. Um, And those are like gold mines for some of this stuff.
4: Yeah, we have a charity shop. LGR. Yeah, LGR. You know, I was talking about LGR before going, you know, thrift shopping. And I watched that and I got so jealous. We have charity shops over here. I wonder if he
2: stages that, Dan. Do you think he stages that? He goes in, listen. Here's some stuff. I'm gonna say I got it for you, promotion for most of you guys. Here's here's like a brand untouched, like Legend of Zelda edition thing. Boom! And, oh, look! Look for fifty cents. I can
4: get this. So I got a video. I won't sure. i leave it for the next guy. Yeah. it's <laughs> true. I mean, I watched that, and you find some great stuff. But over here, we have their uh, charity shops. They're called, and essentially, the money you give, you know, goes to charity. So it's a really good cause. But they often have a rule where they can't sell electronics because, you know, they're not, they're not uh, tested and that kind of thing. Yeah. So if they get donated, they generally just trash them. They they don't keep them or sell them. Oh. And yeah, I think I once saw a Sega Dreamcast keyboard in one of them. That was one of the best things I ever saw. Oh. But, but, you but you know what? The, it's,
1: even a game, Dan, even if you got a box yeah. of a game and they were going to trash it, even if the game didn't work, the box is going for like 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, yeah. you know?
3: It's gold but on think- eBay.
4: I don't know if you guys have found the same, that they're kind of learning the value now of what these things are worth in like in, in like thrift stores and charity shops. And, 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 you know, really all I ever see is copies of like FIFA Salker for like, you know, from 2001 on the PlayStation 2. That's about all I ever find.
5: Oh, man.
3: I definitely run into a lot of play, places and people that are overpricing things just because they see it's old. Um, like an a NES copy of, you know, Super Mario Brothers. They're like... 36 dollars you know and it's got somebody's name sharpied across it doesn't have a box and i'm like that is literally the most common nes game you could possibly put on the market and you're asking 36 dollars and it has joseph's name scribbled across the front like a lot of places don't understand the true value and the going rate for a lot of these things sometimes you get lucky and you'll find gold up and then there hills you know you'll find a a nice bayou billy for 15 dollars but a lot of my area is the complete opposite. It's just overpriced nonsense because people Magic are trying to buy retro that retro wave. Magic yeah, eraser gets rid Turkey. of Bill, gets
1: yeah. rid of Joseph's name across it. I know because I've gotten a few of them right. like that. It works really right.
2: well. And and I'll say not everything old is is always expensive. I mean, ladies, I'm I'm very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm here, I'm vintage, I'm a I'm a classic, and I'm available. There we go.
3: All right. Still got some miles left on them tires.
2: <laughs> let's see.
1: Are you guys ready? Let's see if we can. We're gonna we're gonna throw some trivia questions at you and Dan. Ah, let's, let's see. see. And and Doug, if before I give the answer, if you think you know it, and these two don't know it, let's see if you oh, can this? you can school the uh, the retro guys here. I, I
4: remind I mean, you, it's like half, half past eleven at night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. You got a chat room. You got a chat room. You can you can phone a friend.
2: Right, yeah, yeah, guys. Oh, oh he could cheat. Oh, that's nice.
1: All right, I see some people I know in the chat room. Glenn, how familiar are you with Resident Evil? Ooh.
2: Oh, it's a good game. I love Resident Evil. It's a good right. game.
1: in Resident Evil, what is the password for the Red Queen's Chamber? Oh, wow!
2: Oh, the Red Queen's Chamber. It's easy. <laughs>
3: <Glenn>. <laughs> she just lets you right in.
1: Come on, lets man, you right in. Somebody in the chat room. I honestly. Dan, I'm do you know? Guy, I've chat got chat got me. Me. I don't know. Let's let's see if the chat room knows. Let's see who can who can come up with this. There's
4: smart people in the chat room, I see them.
1: Let's <laughs> see how quickly they can google it. Kathleen <laughs> yeah. Kennedy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, I should I should've thought of that.
1: Dan, that was it. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. No, that wasn't it.
2: That's that's gold over there. That was Dan was gold.
1: Let's see let's see if somebody comes up with it. Nobody has it. Wait. Wait, we'll give it a few
5: seconds. Someone, someone Google it, at, with... at least. <laughs> which password? Which no. The password,
2: No, it's not which, Password. Which uh, Resident Evil can... was she even in? She wasn't in the first Resident Evil.
1: Oh, this guy, Battlecry is close. It is 12177. He was close. Huh? that's, I, wow, I'll, that's I'll, good. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. All
2: right. All right, Dan. That's easy wants to start with. Dan, we're gonna. Dan, uh, how, how familiar is Donkey Kong? That's what you're gonna get. Something, how, something really <laughs> difficult.
5: All right.
1: How familiar are you, either of you guys, with the game Cuphead?
4: I just know it's super hard. I, I lost about ten seconds in it.
1: Okay. <laughs> so Dan, this question, this question is for you. What color is Mugman associated with in Cuphead? What color? What color? I, think I actually know this. One. Is Mugman associated with in Cuphead?
3: You can, can phone. You can phone a Doug if buzz- you need to. I was about to say, can I buzz in and guess? <laughs> you I can't. can't buzz in. It's blue, isn't it? It is blue. So yeah, Doug goes on the you know board. Nice. Yeah, because Cuphead is red, and they got the you know the prototypical red. Right,
1: yeah. I'm trying Why to is find the Apple one. Cuphead. White. Oops. <laughs> So I gotta stay away from Cuphead because Doug's gonna know too many of them. Glenn, how familiar <laughs> are you with Assassin's <laughs> Creed? Can we do Assassin's Creed? No or is very, that too new for you? No,
4: very.
2: No. Is that is that a rock band?
1: Oh boy,
2: <laughs> sure it is.
1: We'll try. We'll we'll try this one here. A new rock band. Glenn, this is for you. The video game Assassin's Creed Unity is a successor to what twenty thirteen Assassin's Creed title? Doug probably knows this one.
2: Uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, <laughs> something. <laughs>
4: Assassin's Creed twenty <2013?
2: laughs> yeah. fifteen. That's not very retro. Assassin's Creed is kind of a new game. Doug, do you How know about, you, something about like oh, this, this is, is, I, this I is, is retro. This is retro. Twenty thirteen. I just remember
3: they they had the, like a pirate version and they had like a. You know the the standard Assassin's Creed. They went for like three before they started changing up, and they had like a Vikings. This just is jumping genres around.
1: Assassin's Creed Four: Black Flags. So nobody got that
3: one. That, I didn't even see the chat was... room get that. I knew it was all right, a pirate one. Um.
1: All right, Final Fantasy. Anybody know Final Fantasy? Can we can we I like do one Mason of those? Final Fantasy. All right. There's what, like I got a couple? I but you're no. gonna have to help these two because you're ahead of them. So
3: what well, is? I think you're. You know, I think you're going too modern. Too
1: modern. Yeah, that's not really retro. Yeah. How I'm not how sure what retro. The retro cutoff for okay. these two is? This one. All right, here you go, Glenn. If you don't get this one, you're fired. Uh-oh. Here <laughs> we go. Pressure. Diddy Kong is the main character in what video
3: game?
4: Diddy Kong.
2: Oh, Glenn, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I can tell you, he's he's bastard child of Diddy oh Kong, my... or grandchild of Diddy oh, Kong. I can tell goodness. you that. <laughs> Doug, you, know, you want
1: to help him out? Cranky,
2: I can tell you that Cranky Kong was the original Donkey Kong get in the game. So the, that Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong Country is not Donkey Kong; it's his kid. You okay, go. you're close. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country,
1: yeah.
6: Donkey you Kong go. Country.
3: Yeah. You, you could have even cheated and said Diddy Kong Racing
6: yeah he i did good. think about Didy kong racing but you know what this is still not retro <laughs> you, you know you, you're talking about a fairly this is modern retro you know, it's you know, more, than more than 10 years old. Got more than 16 colors if it's more than 16 colors it is not retro okay
3: all right that's donkey kong man oh donkey you're kong not country gonna country know that it's
2: 2015 yeah. let me see but again that's not donkey kong <laughs> that's Donkey kong's kid and then the bastard my... grandkid. <laughs> donkey hey. Kong country is
4: my, my wife's favorite video game so
3: there you go sure. yeah see woman, smart woman all right. I'll let Battle Cry on YouTube says here's song, how many pixels was the ball? Uh,
5: he don't know that either.
3: Four. Four pixels. Four pixels. Four pixels. <laughs> All right,
1: Glenn. This one this one's for you. And if you really don't get this one, Doug is gonna have a field day oh. with you. Sonic is what type of animal?
2: <laughs> Plumber. I'll have to go with I'll go with Hedgehog on that. One. Oh, there yeah.
1: we
3: go. <laughs> Redeemed himself.
1: That's right, redeem that's right. Himself. I'll let Dan redeem himself here too. Alright. What is Mario's brother name? Luigi. Hey, so now we've got a three-way tie going on here. All right.
2: Hey, Mario, why can't I have a girlfriend, Mario? You got all the girls. Give me a something. I got a toe. So, that the toe it is no good.
1: So Glenn yeah. wanted retro, so any of these three guys can get this. So we're going to go back to 1981. Is that far enough back for you, Glenn? Yeah, that'll work. Okay. 1981. <laughs> Who also appeared in the 1981 Donkey Kong video game?
6: Mario. Jumpman.
1: Was it? I'll 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 give you you four choices that you can choose from. Princess Peach, Mario,
6: Bowser, or Toad? Mario. Mario, there's none of them. Mario's not in it. It was Jumpman. It was not Mario until after Donkey Kong.
3: Yeah, he didn't get Mario until what, 85?
6: Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, he was originally called Man, and then it was Jumpman, and then... He was a a uh, a carpenter, and then he became a plumber. My voice is getting deeper because it's getting frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it it was no Mario. There's no and yeah. Let's hear. It. Let's. What is it? It it
1: was. Are you ready? It was Princess Peach. Princess Peach? She wasn't it's known Pauline, as that. Girl. It was called Pauline. So, it was a a trick question. So, the answer is what? None of them. Oh, come
5: on.
2: Even the chat room was helping you out. Come on.
5: Come on. I don't want to say
2: anything. Um, I've seen seen Pauline and Princess Peace. I think actually Pauline was the better looking of the two between (laughs) you and me. Her pixels were showing in all the right places.
1: Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta. i'm trying to find one that we could do that's a that we could beat a three-way tie anybody got a good one in the chat room because there's a three-way tie here that we got to get these guys to beat Cause this is this this was this was worse than me in my apple trivia the other night that was just <laughs> awful you know all right Can I give you an Atari 2600 question? Would you know the answer to that, Glenn?
2: Maybe. Perhaps. Although Dan Dan had Nolan Bushnell on, so he may have it more than me. All right. Yeah, let
1: me just bring Nolan. So whoever can say (laughs) this first, the Atari 2600, the original Atari VCS, was released in the United States in what year?
4: 1977.
1: 1977. 77, baby. Do you know what the month and the date was for it? Oh. Come on. Bonus points to take it home. I'll give you a hint. It's also another date that we'll never forget in history. 9-11. Bingo. Really? That's where it was. September 11th, 1977.
2: I was going to say, I thought you were going to say what number the girls call when I ask them on a date. (laughs)
1: Eight six seven five three zero nine three zero nine.
3: Yeah, of course, that's for Jenny.
2: No, they—they. They, they, I thought the down nine one one. Some strange <laughs> dude at my door. Get him out of here. Well, I figured this would be good to to
1: put your your metal to the test. You know, it is, it is.
2: But I think we need to define what retro is. Yeah, so let's define I don't that think it's, because it's not just creed is not no retro. So
1: Doug and I's retro is stuff from it's what different. the eighties and nineties, right, Doug? That that would be considered. Mm-hmm. For you guys, it's the '70s because you're a dinosaur. Well,
2: Dan's not. Dan's not that old. Don't be put
5: No I'm not, No, no. I not said okay. you. I, I said you.
2: I you, the
1: three of us here.
2: <laughs> you're the dinosaur. I am. I am. I. I remember. So 1972, that original Magnavox Odyssey. Man, you had literally two lines. And a bullet did nothing. I mean, the ball just kind of sat there, no score. You kind of just hit it, and then you, you had to go and press a program to get the ball back because the computer didn't even know how to get the ball back. You had to put an overlay on your screen because there was like no, there was nothing. Those but, those were the days of imagination. But there was
1: there was a there was a method to my madness with that. What you said about you felt like something from 2013 was not considered was not considered retro in in your in your opinion. Believe it or not, just
2: like Captain Kennedy's not Star Wars. It's my opinion. Did but, you, you see know, it, Doug? That
1: they said that now that the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are now being discontinued, right? They have now been given the retro title.
5: Yeah, no. yeah that, that's, uh, no. that's a
3: little bit lenient. Uh, Was it like cars? I think cars for them to officially be a, a classic car has to be at least 20 years old. Yep. Um, Geez, man. Like let the let the console simmer a little bit. Let it be out there a little bit longer <laughs> before you call it a retro.
4: I, I agree. I think twenty years is a good benchmark.
1: Twenty yeah. years? Yeah, I agree. Is that is that what we're saying? So from so if anything from the year two thousand is considered retro, what would you say Oh, right. two thousand and below?
3: Yeah, so like, you know, nineteen sixty yeah. to two thousand. That, okay. That's your window.
1: So that's that's your window.
2: Basically, basically, when a dollar game is worth three hundred, or better yet, one hundred ninety-two thousand, whatever someone paid for that Mario Brothers, that's going to yes, be retro. ridiculous. I don't see anyone paying that kind of money for an Xbox, so or what PlayStation, would, PlayStation. What would you title. say then? It was
1: from the year two thousand to the year two thousand twenty. What would you classify those consoles?
4: Gen X. <laughs> Current gen
3: or <laughs> love gen? Yeah, I mean they're they're <laughs> coming. Like PlayStation Three is coming around that. Territory where it'll be retro pretty soon. I mean, we're almost well, on I the think, precipice of PS5. It, it, now. Kind of feels
4: like, it kind of feels like Dreamcast has kind of moved into the retro yep. sphere because oh, yeah sell for very long. But PlayStation yeah. 2, for example, they were still releasing games for the PS2 in like 2014, 2015. Yep.
5: Yeah, yeah. so that, that kind of well, feels
4: like you know, except a longer lifespan. I'll tell you one thing. Don't I don't I don't, funny. I don't
3: expect to see you know people talking about Digital-only versions of Minecraft being sold at a GameStop <laughs> or something twenty years from now for six hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, my son retro is going to look completely. It's, it's going to look different, yep. you know, with these modern digital-only consoles and releases. The way everything's pushing, I mean, it's only going to drive the the value of everything that we're trying to collect and hoard right now up and up and
4: up. Honestly, yep. It's when, when you go to a museum. It's when you go to a museum and you see essentially your childhood bedroom in the museum. That's when, yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, that's <pretty>
3: cool. <laughs> the, yeah. The first time I heard Green Day on a classic rock radio station, I, I <laughs> died,
2: died inside. But you know what a funny thing is? Anyone you talk to, and I think Dan just kind of agreed, I think he did anyway, that one console that always gets so much love, really no negative, it's Dreamcast. Yep. Sega, are you yeah. listening? Yep. Do a, you gotta get a Dreamcast there. That thing is... Phenomenal. Even today, it still looks good. It plays good. What do you think, Dan?
4: It kind of feels like we didn't appreciate it at the time when we should have.
2: Yeah. And I, I remember like the girlfriend lines. you
4: had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the one that <laughs> got away. That's what the Dreamcast was. It was, uh, yeah, the machine. Cause I think everyone at the time was just looking to the PS2. That's going to come along right. soon. It's going to have a DVD drive, and it's going to be great. So they kind of left the Dreamcast on the shelf, and I think we kind of missed out on a system that you know had a lot more potential than we realized at the time, but yeah, I think it's a
5: brilliant system. A
2: lot of it people. is. I mean, I I, I pulled it out again because I got my CD-ROM unit and I have my other one with the GD, you know, ROM in there. And I swear, I mean, the games are fun. The graphics still look great. A PlayStation One game looks, you know, very very dated. Even a PS2 game can look a little dated. But the Dreamcast what, what is the, just.
4: What are the systems do you get add-ons like this for? Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh yeah, right? that's for the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. And you can play with your Seaman. On that yeah. one too. I've been. Who looking want to play uh, with a She-Man? I've been looking. I mean, Game for Game Boy one did of have
3: a sewing machine, right?
2: Yeah. Did. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so uh, you were talking about weird peripherals.
1: Hey, I, I was going to use this as one of my pickups. I got DJ Hero, which everybody, my son likes it. I haven't played it yet. I got it for Wii, Inbox,
4: complete, for ten bucks. Sounds about right. But and, and Wii games are going up now as well though, slowly. I've noticed the price of those seems to be increasing. Yep.
2: Oh my goodness. It's still it's still okay, it's still in low time right now, but it is starting to creep its way up. So if you're interested in that one, um like like the Xbox uh whatever 360, it is, 360, X, whatever, Peyton. yeah. Whatever they are, who knows? Oh my look, my hand's able to get out of the T V set. I'm I'm break, Kathleen Kenny lost her losing some of her pull of you. I'm able to get out of the screen. Like, this one,
4: this one. Well, if try, I was I'll trying to do try if that's a bigger system that you should collect for now, I'd probably say the Wii U. I've got a feeling that's gonna be quite a valuable system to collect for in probably 10, 15 years.
1: Right. It's it's hard with these disc games though, because like even with you guys with the computers, you had the cartridges and you had the floppies and the in the actual physical discs. We have CDs and CDs get disc rot. So unless there's a way that you can find that can back up everything, and I and I again I'm not condoning piracy, but you know, I've been finding ways that I can keep my originals on the shelf, play the backups, um, because that's what I want. I don't want, you know, prolong their life. That's all I want to do. I want to get a complete inbox that I can keep it on the shelf. Um, same with like software, anything like that. That you know, otherwise, we're not going to have it. I think we had a discussion a few episodes ago about the future, and and Dan, what's your opinion on? It? I mean, you do a retro show. What does the future look like from your standpoint as far as physical physical copies of anything? I mean, like Doug said, retro in the future is gonna look a lot different than it does now.
4: Well, actually, um funnily enough, I did a documentary for the BBC about this very thing, um, at the start of the year. Uh, kind of about the, you know, efforts that have been made to preserve video game history. And um, you know, there are obviously websites like archive.org, guys like Jason Scott that are, you know, making a big effort to preserve this kind of thing. But I think you're right, you know, the original copies, the, the floppy disks and the CD-ROMs and the DVDs, they are eventually all gonna die. And, you know, there's no way around that, you know, eventually there's gonna be no more copies. So I think it is really, what, what I think is important is when people do kind of, um, kind of bit copies of the original media. So essentially you can recreate them exactly down to the bit level. So, you know, there are stuff like, I mean, it's a Cairo Flux, I think it's one of them, that you can copy floppy disks, yep. sector, sector we by had, sector by
2: sector. Yeah, we had Jim Drew on recently who has his yeah. SuperCard Pro, same thing. It's a magnetic flux read. Yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, and and it also I think piracy as well. I mean, we've talked about it a bit on the show, but I know, for example, there have been companies that have released kind of um kind of their classic collections and you'll find the pirated versions in there because they haven't got the source code anymore. So the only version that exists online <laughs> right. and they can actually reverse engineer as a pirated version. Yeah. So actually piracy in the long run has had a you know a positive effect in terms of software archive.
1: But I think if people or companies like Nintendo would actually say, hey, look, people obviously want this stuff. Why not just remake it and actually have people purchase it? Or if you do an online category. I, and I know the Switch started doing that with the NES games and stuff. And we could do it with the 3DSs. But why aren't these companies catching on that people... They can like, <laughs> Doug, I hate to go back to this, but like you said... How many, episodes, how many versions of Legend of Zelda did you buy? I mean, I mean you'll get Glenn yeah. to go out and spend hundreds of dollars for another TurboGrafx-16 that's remade completely like the original. I'm not talking the mini. Totally like the original. With the... original yeah. with, with the carts that they had. With the actual games. All they're doing is repurposing it and, you know, remaking it. Glenn's going to go out and buy five of the $300 consoles. It's just going to do it.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean... Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, I think I think that the companies are starting to do it now. I mean, they are. We're getting these little mini machines. We have uh, like new wave toys, we have arcade one up. these companies making these machines now. Um, but it's, it's taken a while. I mean, uh, even Dan said, right now we're kind of in that resurgence right now. It's kind of mainstream now, and it's cool to, to be in the retro. How long it's going to last? I don't know. And I said it before I'll say it again. I, I'm happy. All these companies out, like I II Arcade, wonderful shirt I got from them and I wanna thank them for this. But after a while I'm worried about oversaturation. You now we're gonna have so much, so many choices. We may have a, a bigger crash than North America. It may be a worldwide crash because with the internet, it's reaching everywhere. But Dan, what do you think about that?
4: Yeah, I mean I kind of think, you know, companies like sega and Nintendo do seem to be taking their back catalogue. And the games that you know fans held dear more seriously in recent years and obviously realizing that there's a quick book to be made there by selling us all you know another copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for like the 200th time that we've probably bought it now but I also think there's kind of some games that it's not possible to kind of get legally now So, for example you want to play some Dreamcast games that haven't been on sale for 20 years or yeah I remember the rumor I think it was last April Fool's Day when there was um, something circulating circulating on Twitter that there's going to be a Philips CDI mini coming out And obviously, that's never going (laughs) to happen. The CDI does have fans. You know, there are some fans out there who like it. And actually finding a way to play these games, I think kind of the sweet spot for me is having the original hardware. And I've got kind of flashcards for all of my old systems. So, you know, even the Atari Jaguar, I got the recent flashcard that was made for that. Um, So that's kind of the
5: sweet spot.
2: I've been on that winning list from day one. I still don't have mine. I know he's busy. But, man, congratulations to you on getting it. Can't wait.
4: Yeah, it's really good. But again, the problem is getting a legal way to get hold of these games. And I think the problem with that is that a lot of these old games have gone through so many different companies and so many different buyouts over the last 20 or 30 years. And actually tracking down not only the company that actually owns the copyrights and if they've even got a copy of the source code anymore in their archives, but also caring enough about it to go to the effort of finding it. Which is why I think we have, I know Nintendo kind of clamped down on abandonedware websites, as we call them. But a lot of companies just don't care if it's out there.
2: So, what do you feel about, say, the Mister?
4: I think the Mister is a great machine. Again, it, it's kind of that step closer to real hardware. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys are the same, but actually playing, there are some great software emulators, but having that running on my PC and having like an Xbox One controller plugged in and then my antivirus software pops up in the corner to do an update and the <laughs> message comes over the game, it completely takes me out of the experience. But having something like the Mister that's kind of closer to the hardware level, that works for me as well. All right, Glenn,
1: we have to. I have to stop the Amiga talk here for a second, and we have to get down the brass tacks with Dan before we wrap up the show. Ongoing trend: we've been asking everybody that comes on here, Star Wars, <laughs> four, five, and six—the only episodes that ever existed—or do you like the new episodes as well?
5: Choose wisely, right.
4: my friend. <laughs> I'm going to really damage my geek credentials here. I've never actually watched a Star Wars movie all the way through. Oh, and that's really oh. bad. Oh, pull his card, Glenn. Pull his card. i I tried. I've
5: tried.
6: I was so caught off guard for that one. I really had no idea that was going to happen. Hold on a second. It's not <laughs> too late. It's not too late. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, i got to find it now. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm probably never going to find it now. This now. This is horrible. This is a disaster. Oh, there it is. You ready? Okay, I'm doing it now. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I love this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> really? None, none of them? Really? I, know, I know, guys. I know that is severe geek points taken off me. But yeah, I tried to watch them. I, I've always ended up falling asleep. And that, that's probably it even words. Oh, wow. yeah. I, I've, only, I've only met
3: one person in my life that said they've never finished a Star Wars movie. And she said, yeah, I couldn't get into them. They were kind of boring. <laughs> I'm like,
4: there's freaking <laughs> <laughs> How do you fall asleep in that type of movie? It's like I've got friends that love Star uh, Trek as well, which, which I know is something completely different. I don't know anger people. My mom loves Star Trek. She's like a, a real hardcore Trekkie. But cool. I think being, being a kid growing up and wanting to watch like the Ghostbusters cartoons and He-Man and my mom putting Star Trek on, that probably kind of turned me off the space kind of sci-fi stuff a bit, I think.
6: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this then, Dan. If your mom likes Star Trek, does she like the classic Star Trek or this new, you know, Kelvin timeline garbage? Wait no, no, she she's old,
4: she's old school. Yeah, wait she's a
1: okay. second.
6: RJ R. J. Michael RJ Michael
1: is instituting. He's coming in and he's doing an intervention here. He says, Everyone is invited to come on by as soon as we can to have a watch party for Dan.
6: Yeah. Sounds like it. there we go. All right, awesome. I'll try to stay awake.
3: It needs to be an intervention.
6: <laughs> We'll just, what,
3: what, clockwork orange where they strap the dude to the chair? <laughs> All
6: right. Like, so, but, open with sticks there like that, yeah.
3: That, that, that was the best. I think that's the best response
1: we've gotten from somebody. Oh, Everybody 100%. else is like, gl- agreed with Glenn, and I was waiting for the response. I was waiting for the look on Glenn's face, and he was just like.
3: Shock and awe. What? <laughs> he,
5: he, <laughs> yeah, he was not like, his money.
6: even a possibility <laughs> in his mind. That it's, was it's like, you're, you're like riding your bike, riding your bike when you were a kid and then you slipped off the pedals and hit that middle bar and you're like, <laughs> you are like take a second? It takes a second to register before you like yep. what? <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, I I have, I have huge respect for that versus if you liked Do you, do, you do know so, your your voice
1: You do know your voice you're more for still on.
6: What That's my voice. Oh, okay.
1: I, I just didn't know if you were doing it What's intentional doing? or if, if you – I yeah, know yeah. you forget to press the button sometimes. But, you
4: know, on the <laughs> I say... that, I've, I've, I've got it all to look forward to. I mean, I might enjoy it and start watching them. Then they're all new to me, yeah? That's, I've got it all to look forward <laughs> he's going to gonna come back yeah, and he's going to be what like – so. He's going to come A back little, and old say, spoiler alert. There
2: is. are only six plus Rogue One. <laughs> That is all that exists.
1: He's gonna there come is, back and he's gonna be like, "Hey, I like that Kylo Ren no character, and I like that Wren,
5: and I like no that BB-8." Wars,
4: no. That's what he's gonna come back and say. There are and Glenn's Yeah, I do it
5: just
4: to troll, just to troll Glenn. Jojo bitch. <laughs> uh, I'll
1: come back, Jar Jar.
2: Yeah. I want to say something real quick too, and not everyone out there may know. But Dan and uh, David present uh, are friends. I think they work together even now. I just wanted to, c- yeah. again, congratulate uh, him on his Kickstarter. His book did very, very well. Is mean, it still, still going on to it finally finish up? I don't remember if it finished up or not.
4: It finished last week, yeah, and I think um, yeah, he nearly doubled what he wanted for it. So, yeah, it did really well. And, again, I mean, with it being you know difficult times for everybody at the moment, it was kind of, you know, is it the right time to, to launch a Kickstarter? Is it, is it going to actually work right now? You know, people got the, the income to do it, but everyone's really supportive of it, and yeah, he, he more than met his target. Well, like you,
2: David's a, is a great guy, very genuine, very honest, and he's got a huge amount of respect, as you do, as well. So supporting him was not really a, I wasn't even worried about that at all, but I'm very happy um, it worked out very well for him.
4: Yeah, it'll be a good read as well. I mean, I think, that for, for those that didn't see that stream, essentially this is, he did a book two years ago now about his time working at Commodore, and the next book is gonna essentially be what happened to the Amiga, after the Commodore years, which is a really interesting story. And I've said this to him, you know, numerous times over the years, that the fact we've had so many movies about Apple, you know, how many Steve Jobs movies have been made in the last, like, you know, four or five years, and, you know, how yeah, many movies one about one? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I also like Parrots of Silicon Valley. I thought that was a good film back in 1990. Well, that oh, well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the one. That's I thought you meant the Ashley Country one. People tend to like that. One, but, um, but I think there's a story. I think there should be a movie about Commodore and the Amiga. I think that's Probably a more interesting story with drama than the Apple and Microsoft stories.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, that, would even rope, that, would rope, that would actually rope in Apple and rope in Atari and rope in IBM. Commodore. And they still can't they, make uh, them right.
1: They have not made one correct movie when it came out with Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. None of them. There's always some kind of oh, Did you discrepancy? see The
2: Pirates of Silicon Valley? Yes. Did you see The Pirates of Silicon Valley? Yes. That one was probably the best one. There's also yeah. – it was a documentary – Done Revenge was it not Revenge of the Nerds. Triumph. Yeah,
4: Triumph. Triumph of the, of the nerds. nerds. That was yeah. awesome. But that's But again, these are all nineties and they all happened right. in about ninety eight, ninety-nine, so yeah, there's like you know, nothing another else matters.
1: 20 years. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nothing true, else matters. So we're gonna have to wrap this up. But Dan, you've got another <laughs> podcast. It's gonna be a late night for you. You're gonna be going on a yeah. show tonight, so why don't you tell everybody what they need what
4: they need to look forward to, what's coming up
1: on the show that you're going well, on.
4: Yeah, we're going to be doing an interview with uh, Joe from GameSack, um, Obviously a very big uh, YouTube channel, so um, I'm speaking to him in about two hours from now. So that will be 2 a.m. here uh, because Joe lives in a, in Mountain Time. I've not even heard of Mountain Time before. I was there arranging the interview with him this week. So he's going to be on our, our podcast next week, The Retro Hour, um, which is the podcast I was talking about earlier on. We release every Friday. So if you want to hear kind of the inside story on GameSack, which I don't know if you guys watch GameSack. One of my yeah. favorite. I watch, TV, I've been,
2: I've been, I've been stalking him for a while. I'm sure he's got a, a restricting thing on me. So when you <laughs> tell him, tell him Glenn said hello. Tell him you know I am yeah. talking stalking him. At the much. End of the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn said hello
3: from the court mandated distance. Yeah.
4: Yeah. After you sent him a cease and desist. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that I'm doing that in about two hours from now. Then um, yeah, that'll be on our podcast next Friday.
1: And uh, they could check you out if they go to theretrohour.com. dot com. We really appreciate you coming on today. It was a lot of fun being a good sport with the trivia, even though I kind of threw yeah, it at yeah. you.
4: Really so, enjoyed it. I'll do some revisions next time. Uh, next time we have yeah, yes, yeah.
1: you study okay. up because you got to beat Glenn. That's that's the object is you got to be able to beat Glenn. I'm going to beat one. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well you
2: got to realize you have to realize when you're the host, you always have to let the guest win. So no matter
5: oh, what, what, I have a card. Oh, all right.
1: Yeah, all right. all right. We'll play that. We'll play, it down. We'll play, play it that how you want. Yeah, man. we'll play that card. <laughs> Next week, it might be you versus Doug. Who knows? And Sega trivia. <laughs> it's, it's, a, yes. Sega. I'll, see I, Sega <laughs> trivia. No, I'll see what I can do is find Sega and TurboGrafx trivia and intertwine it. Where Doug <laughs> has to answer the Turbo Graphics, Glenn that'll has be, to answer the Sega stuff.
2: That'll be a, that'll be a see, bloodbath. That's going to be a bloodbath. I'm going to be honest. My thing is I'm more about the hardware actual like characters. How many times you know Sonic had to stop and use the bathroom in the game? I have no idea. No,
1: I yeah. I hear you. Cause that's how I felt last <laughs> the other night when they were asking me uh, uh, Apple trivia. It's like I know how to fix them. I know how to work on them. Yeah. I know what they do. I know how to use the software. I don't pay attention to dates and stuff like that. But it's still fun, you know, to kind of <laughs> test test your metal. But uh, we also have Douglas oh, Smith. This oh, cool oh, toy. Okay,
2: well, one more thing. I'm sorry for you for we cut out. I want to say one more thing. For we're more not cutting stuff. out. I'm just going uh, down the line. You'll get I your am. turn. On the it. I'm going to say, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Oh, go ahead now. You got the floor now. Go. I was going to say that, you know, in addition to uh, the podcast that Dan has, he's got a YouTube channel. I don't think he, did he plug his channel? He's got a very good.
1: Uh, YouTube that's channel. That's a good point. Did you
2: plug your channel, Dan?
4: I don't think I did. No, if you just search for Dan Wood on YouTube, you'll find me. Uh, I try and get videos up as regular as I, I can. Kind of the stuff we talked about here is that I kind of cover modern add-ons for retro systems. That's kind of a big thing that I'm doing on my channel at the moment. Uh, there's one I had recently, um, Steeping up an Amiga 1200 to, like, ridiculous levels with um, an expansion that costs about, you know, $1,000 if you were to get everything (laughs) for it. You know, 24-bit graphics cards and super CPUs and everything and USB ports and Wi-Fi. So that's kind of a a thing I'm on at the moment, kind of pushing these retro systems to limits that we never thought possible.
1: (laughs) Ashley uh, in the chat room says Dan never plugs his channel. (laughs) That's
4: why I wanted to do
2: it because he's got He's got a great channel. You know, he's, it's it's worthy to watch. I, I watch all the time. I saw that episode as well, and I'll probably buy at least two of those thousand dollar add-ons. They're not available yet, but you know, when they are, I'll grab a couple. So so as I go through
1: as I go through the out, outro introductions, once we go through that, stick around. I don't know how how soon Dan has to jump off, but if you want to call in and ask Dan a question or harass him or give Glenn the business, you can do so. We'll we'll do that in post show. If if you guys want to stick around and call in. I'll put the number up. But can I get through the outro here just so I can get everybody to plug their stuff so we can get to the post show? Can I do that? Am I am I free to do yeah, that? Yeah, I just
2: I just needed I when you said no more Amiga, I said to make sure Amiga got brought up again at the end. So ha uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. <Mister, Mister, laughs> Douglas Smith, uh youtube.com slash cool toy. Uh any new videos that you want people to check
3: out? Absolutely not. Cancel Cool Toy, it costs people money.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, and I purposely brought that up because this guy right here puts out a YouTube video and, and I'll plug it because I know he's not gonna do it. <laughs> he somehow gets this inside scoop with QVC and finds that arcade one up put out the Miss Pac-Man new countercade and Pac-Man, does a video and says, Oh, and by the way, use this promo code and you get five bucks off. So I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm going 92 bucks by Go back to Doug's post, dislike, (laughs) because he cost me money.
5: No, really. I I
1: liked it. I didn't, but I wanted to hit dislike because he cost me money all the time.
3: Yeah. No. Hey, I saved you $5. You did save me
1: $5. So, Thanks, sir. Thank you, sir. That's an Abraham (laughs) link. Go check out that video. He has it up on YouTube. Uh, Very, very good video. He somehow gets in the loop, um, and then uh, others – Trickle down that loop, but you know. Check it out. Also, this guy here, who maybe we'll see where he's trapped next week. He's uh, I, I actually like this look. I like the Glen in the box. He seems somewhat I contained. Box, I
5: like that. Yeah, Glenn <laughs> in the box
1: seems somewhat contained in this box here. But you guys can check him out: YouTube.com/slash/gplanamento. And um any new videos from you, or you've been slacking?
2: I have uh, I have been absolutely slack. I've been trying to get stuff out of it. I think I'm in a bit of a rut, but but I do want to make one announcement here. I talked to my partner today about the uh, the Kickstarter, about the Star Wars yoke, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things I don't want to say. I'm going to just come out and say it. We're going to be delayed a little bit again because COVID is, I can't say the word, the pandemic yeah. has been slowing a lot of stuff down with production, so we were going to do it in July, got pushed back to August. Looks like that might slip a little bit. I'm going to do a video probably this weekend more about it. And I'm sorry about it, guys. It's, it's out of our control. It's manufacturing. But um, we're going to do what we can. I just want to make sure you guys are up to date to know that. It's still coming out, but because of manufacturing, we're going to be pushed back a little bit further. I'm really sorry about that. It, it bo- it's bothering me like you know, nobody's business that we're missing our target date, not from us, but just the world at large, and I'm sorry about it.
1: As Because, and, because and, you have control over that. Mm-hmm.
2: I do, because it's Glenn, you know, Glenn's got to of everything, <laughs> but, I, but I, do, I do want to give big thanks to you and Doug, because, because of you guys here, we have this good show here, we're getting a lot of great guests on, and you know, Dan, you know, I, he's, I love this guy, he's got a great channel, like Amiga Bill, and everyone else we've had on, and I'm just very thankful that Dan was able to come on with us tonight, and yes. we stay through a minutes for a couple of phone calls, so just very thankful for certain things, and that, and that I'm inside of Amiga, which is, I haven't done this since my Genlock days. <laughs> <laughs> but I might Genlock. So those so let's let's do
1: this real quick. We're going to wrap the show up. But for those in post-show, I want you to put your favorite Glenn moment from, I don't want to say this season, because we're transitioning into a, a new way of doing the show where we're not going to have guests on every week, but we'll get different people from the community maybe to talk about whatever topics we're doing. What's the best Glenn that you've seen? Is it the Glenn in the box? Was it Glen? what would, what did we call it? Glenn Miga, Glenn Morpion? Uh, Glenn <laughs> Negan. I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Glenn Ironman. What's Tony the Glenn, best one? Yeah. Knee yeah, Glenn. What, what's the best one that you liked? Put it in the chat room. I, I personally like the Amiga one that, that he's in right now. That's, but I also like knee Glenn. I, I like that one too. So anyways, we'll see you next week for more of the retro buzz. And for those of you that are still here, stay tuned for post-show and uh, we'll uh see you later. Have a great weekend. And, uh, if you, if you get a chance, check out Legends Center this this upcoming Wednesday. I'll be back. P-Dubs shouldn't have ate that moose uh, pie, but he did, and he got sick. Uh, big dope. I don't know what he was thinking, but
0: we'll see you guys next week. Somewhere update. Your Pixelcade marquee will be able to work natively with the games included on the At games Legends Ultimate, Steven. That's right. So if you have a Pixelcade marquee, it will work. With the At Games Legends Ultimate on July 1st, that is the big holiday, July 4th update. But it's going to be able to do a few other things, Stephen, which you're going to have to wait until next week, and I'll show you that. But for right now, get hyped! You set me up go- on that because that's not
1: what it says here on the nose. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does. No, it says Stephen talk about firmware update Bluetooth headset, and I wrote no.
0: I, I swear it's on there. It says talk about the Pixel Cake. It's so hard to find good <laughs> good writers. We need better writers. Want to qualify to win a Legends Gamer or Legends Ultimate? Participate in the Summer League event, and you may be able to do just that. Current Legends Ultimate owners can participate in the 10-week Summer League event, starting June 5th, 2020, and ending August 9th, 2020. During that time, there'll be a series of weekend leaderboard events for select games each week. This is a battle to the end. Practice up, make your scores count, and top the charts once and for all, and have a beauty of a prize to show for your hard work. Have fun on the leaderboards and good luck.